from the heart of NIPTI Radio, high atop 107 Columbia Street. Greetings from the NIPTI Practice Tips. Today we're going to be discussing one of my favorite topics, introducing evidence of a photographic identification at trial. New York remains the only state in the Union which still limits the introduction of -of out-of-court photographic identification of defendants at trial. For years, no form of photographic identification was permitted at trial in New York. Today, while some judges still limit or preclude the introduction of photographic identification evidence, it is only those identifications that would prejudice the defendant that are properly precluded. Even in those situations, there may be factors which justify these IDs being introduced. As the McKinney's practice commentaries note, If the circumstances do not prejudice the defendant in some inadmissible manner, there is no reason to exclude prior photographic identifications. The most common form of prohibited photo identification is one in which mugshot photos were used. Evidence of such IDs, it is argued, prejudicially suggests to the jury that the defendant has a previous criminal record. Considering that arrest photos now used in most jurisdictions have no specific markings to identify them as mugshots and that they often resemble photos that are used for government identification cards and motor vehicle licenses, it is no wonder that all the other states and the federal courts permit the introduction of ID evidence resulting from procedures using such mugshot photos. This evidence is accompanied by an instruction to the jury not to presume the defendant has a criminal background and so forth. Back in the 1970s, the mere mention of a photographic identification during trial would result in a mistrial. The large majority of photo identifications in those days were from mugshots. Today, photo identifications are made from many sources, not just mugshot photo IDs, that are not inherently prejudicial to the defendant. Identification made from high school yearbooks a photo array put together from license photos, a photo array made up of still photos from a surveillance video are all properly introduced at trial. These are obvious ID photo evidence that should be admitted. There are others, however, that you might overlook. Here are a few examples. If a defendant commits a crime in a correctional facility and the defendant is identified in an ID procedure using his or her arrest photo, Introducing evidence of this identification to the jury will not prejudice the defendant since the jury is well aware the defendant has been arrested. If a defendant has changed his or her appearance so the witness can no longer identify the defendant in court, the people will be permitted to introduce the out-of-court mugshot photo identification in the context of CPL 6025 evidence since it is the defendant's conduct that has prevented the in-court ID from taking place. Another example, if the defendant has already been arrested and a witness subsequently makes a photo identification from a mugshot photo array, which includes the arrest photo from this present case, that ID should be admitted at trial because the jury is told the photo used was the one from the present arrest, so there is no additional prejudice from the use of this photo. In some cases, the defense may open the door to the introduction of mugshot photo array identifications, such as implying no identification was made until the time of the lineup, which may well be months after the commission of the crime. Often in such cases, the truth is that the identification made by photo was done only hours or days after the crime. Also, 
Some defense attorneys will introduce a mugshot photo ID because they believe the procedure was so factually suggestive that it is beneficial to the defense for the jury to evaluate that. This is not a legal issue of suggestivity being argued by the defense. Only a factual issue that they claim creates doubt as to the reliability of the identifying witness's accuracy. When these situations occur, be sure to request that the court give a curative instruction explaining to the jury that you were not permitted to introduce evidence of the lineup until the time it was introduced, and that the jury should not infer that you were attempting to prevent them from hearing evidence of this identification. The inability to introduce such identification evidence will often leave the jury with a false impression as to when the defendant was actually identified. The court should be made aware of this misleading situation, and you should be ready to address even the slightest suggestion of this nature that the defense makes and argue that they have opened the door. Also, review the case law that permits the introduction of evidence as to when a defendant becomes a suspect and the investigation conducted by law enforcement officers. Be careful in presenting such evidence, however, not to introduce evidence that infers an identification was made by a witness who does not testify. Such evidence can and has resulted in reversals. Today, it is certainly correct for you to be attempting to introduce almost all forms of photographic identifications at trial, and you should not shrink from attempting to do so. For authority and more cases and issues, please see the following two memos. First, photo ID of defendant used as trial evidence, and background evidence that is not uncharged crimes. Our thanks as always to our crack producer, Jonathan Marconi Crespino. Good luck and stay ready, my friends. <laughs> <laughs>